It's Todd W. It's Todd from the uh, from the podcast, and I'm just asking for to give us a five star review and to hopefully you like this podcast because I hope you give us a five star review, but also uh, if you could give us a five star on the Twitter too. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, WordPress, so. If you get give us good reviews on that, we would really, really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Tyler. Welcome to you. Welcome to the uh, library of the spirituality library and the sports library, and here in the little village. It's going into a big city, Verona. This song brings us to what I'm doing. I'm reading on the big book. And it's 2010. No, I'm sorry. 2001 is when they came out with the fourth edition. And that's what this is. And uh, Alcoholics Anonymous World Services Incorporated, New York City. It's a story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcohol. It's always a good thing to read because I think we always get so tapped in that we forget about what is our what this book is, means to us. And uh, all right, yeah. personal stories on pages. Uh, 407, 476, 494, 531, and 553 are copyrighted by AA Grapevine Incorporated and are reprinted. I would uh, advise people too to go to those Grapevine meetings. They're outstanding. All right, this all brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commence this way of living as we clean up the past. We have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to give growth and understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch out for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we harmed anyone. Then Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. Just gonna make a comment on something. We uh, we have a our we alcoholics have a have an arrogant mindset most a lot of times, and uh, and I'm just saying why I used to be I need to be right or I need to be downsized a lot. But this is very important that we read out of the book and do the instructions are right in the book that we should do. And yet we always go to meetings, even go to meetings, and everybody's got this 
different conception of what's there, what step 10 is. And uh, I don't know, it, it doesn't help people. And why well, is because it's coming in from the, uh, coming in from the re rehab centers and, uh, you know, it, it's confusing for, for the young folks. Or young as variety. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. Well, by the time sanity will have reappeared or returned, we will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted to recall, to recoil from it as from a hot flame, we react sanely and normally. We'll find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude towards liquor has been given has been given us without any thought or effort and on our path. On our path on our part, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. It just it just comes. This is the miracle of it. We're not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality. Safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. This is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. I'm just going to say something too. This spiritual condition to me is letting the sunlight of the spirit shine on us. And it's, and it's doing that four step too, and doing this 10 step inventory and getting rid of the uh, anger and the resentments and stuff that we have that's built up over time. But it's so bad and easy to go back to that. And uh, we have to, we have to apologize and right on, you can't have to get rid of it. So it is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle fall. We are not cheered of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve of contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. There are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along the line all we wish. It's proper use of the will. Much has already been said about re receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed directions, we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God-conscious. We have begun to develop this, this vital 
We have to be judging the gulf of the sixth sense, the vital sixth sense. Sixth sense. But we must go further. And that means more action. Step 11 suggests prayer and meditation. We shouldn't be shy on that matter of prayer. Better men than we are using it constantly. It works. If we have the proper attitude and work at it, it would be easy to be to be vague about this matter. Yet we believe we can make some definite and valuable suggestions. What things I need to do when I'm looking at prayer and meditation is I need to calm down. I need to become I need to find inner strength to quiet me. Um, you know, my head's going 150 miles an hour, and I can feel it every every pore of my body. When I sit down and just calm down and relax, that's when that prayer and meditation come becomes comes to me. When we retire at night, we constructively reveal our day. Were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? Do we own apologies? Have we kept something to ourselves which should be discussed with another person at once? Were we kind and loving? Were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? Do we own an apology? Have we kept Something to ourselves which should be discussed with another person at once. Were we kind and loving toward, toward all? What could we have done better? Were we thinking of ourselves most of the time? Or were we thinking of what we should do for the others? Of, of what we should pack into the stream of life? But we must be careful not to drift into the worry, remorse, or morbid reflection for that would that would diminish our usefulness to others after making our reveal we ask God's we ask for God's forgiveness and inquire what corrective measure should I be taken should be taken on awakening let us think about the 24 24 hours ahead we consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest or self-seeking motives. Under these, under these conditions, we can simply employ outcomes, or under these conditions, we can employ our mind, mental faculties, which assurance, with assurance. For after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is clear of wrong intentions. I'm sorry, wrong in motives. <laughs> I'm sorry. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision we may not be able to determine which course to take. 
Here we ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We're often surprised how the right answer comes after we have tried this for a while. What used to be the, the hunch or the occasion inspiration, what, I'm sorry. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more in the plane of inspiration. We come to rely on it. We usually conclude that the period of meditation with a prayer that would be shown all through the day, what our next step is to be, that we can be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask, we ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no request for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We're careful never to pray for our own self ends. Many of us have been washed a lot. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that and it doesn't work. You can really, you can easily see why. If circumstances warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us by in morning meditation. If we believe for, to a religious domination, which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If we're members of a spiritual of religious body, we sometimes select and, and memorize a few set prayers with, which emphasize principles we have been discussing. There are many, many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of such, make use of what they were offered. What I'm just going to say is that this, uh, this particular book, 2001, I believe it's from 1939, the original. Anyways, hold on time before the internet. And even 2001 was the time that the internet was just first coming into, uh, first coming upon us. So, I would highly suggest getting a uh, getting on with getting online with a prayer and meditation, and you know, and googling it. There's so there's so much stuff out there that and it kind of blew my mind how much this stuff is going on. As we go through the day, we pause. When agitated or doubtful, we ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer, no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, I will be done. We're then in much less danger of excitement. Fear, 
anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish discussion and foolish decisions. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily. For we are not trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works. It really does. We alcoholics are undisciplined. So we let God discipline us to the infinite. Simple way we have just outlined. This is not all. There is faith and more action. Faith without works is dead. The next chapter is entirely devoted to step 12. Okay, let's go to the next chapter then. Working with Others, Chapter 7. It is on page 89. Practical experience shows nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when others when other activities fail. This is our 12th suggestion. Carry this message to other alcoholics. You can help when no, you, when no one else can. You can secure their confidence when others fail. Remember, they're very ill. Life will take on new meaning to which to watch people recover. See, to see how they're bottom. To see them help others. To watch loneliness vanish. To see a fellowship grow about you. To have a host of friends. This is an experience you must not miss. We know you will not want to miss it. Frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. Perhaps you are not acquainted with any drinkers who want to recover. You can easily find some by asking a few doctors, ministers, priests, or hospitals. They will be only too glad to assist you. Don't start out as an evangelist or a reformer. Unfortunately, a lot of prejudice exists. You will be kind. You'll be handicapped if you if you arouse it. Ministers and doctors are competent. You can learn much from them if you wish. But if happen, it happens. That because of your own drinking experience, you can be you can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics. So cooperate, never criticize. To be helpful is our only aim. Um, that's most of the stuff to add to, you know, through the when COVID hit. Nobody knew where to go to meetings at. And uh, we had to do some quick thinking. So what happened is that we're going to, uh, we switched over to uh, Zoom. And we started doing Zoom meetings. And 
It saved my butt, I can tell you that much. But the thing was, was that they came up with this wonderful 24-hour meeting and international, international meeting. So, um, if you can, go look it up and get on board. Because that meeting is awesome. And it, what it does, too, is that face-to-face -face meetings are awesome, too. But what this does, it gives you the chance to connect with people all over the world. And um, to make you're gonna make a lot of friends. It's usually between 130 to 170 people at a meeting. What you want to do is just turn the turn the video off. That way you won't feel that pressure. All right. If there's any indication that he wants to stop you, have a good talk with him with a person not most interested in. Most interested in him. The most really his, usually his wife. Get an idea of his behavior, his problems, his background, his our serious the seriousness of his condition. As his religious repair and his religious learning. You need this information to put your put yourself in his place to see how you would like him to approach you if the tables were turned. Sometimes it is wise to wait till he goes on a bench. The family may object to this, but unless he is in a, in a dangerous physical condition, it is better not to risk better not to risk it. Don't deal with it when he is very drunk. Unless he is ugly and the family needs your help. Wait for the end of the of the spree, or at least for a lucid interval, and let his family or a friend ask him if he wants to quit. If he does, if he says yes, then his attention should be drawn to the uh, to you as a person who has recovered. You should be described. You should be described to him as one of the. It's one of the fellowship who, as part of their own recovery, try to help others. And who will be glad to talk to him if he cares to see you? If he does not want to see you, never force yourself upon him. Neither would the family hysterically plead with him to do anything. Nor should they tell him much about you. They should wait for the end of his next drinking bout. You might place this book where he can see it in the interval. Here no specific here no specific role can be given. A family must decide those things. But urge them they urge them not to be over anxious, for that might spoil matters. Usually, the family, usually the family should not try to tell your story. When possible, avoid meeting a man through a, through his family. Approach to a doctor or a institution is a better bet. If you need if you need hospitalization, if your man needs hospitalization, you should have it, but not forcibly unless he is violent. 
let the doctor, if you will, tell him he has something in the way of a solution. Yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot there, and uh, there's a lot there to think about. But uh, if we follow the directions, it works. It really does. You know, even for the family app, you know, for working with others too. And I agree, you don't want the uh, yeah, the family in the background just acting like they know you and pumping you full of hot air. Because all that's going to do is just drive him away. When your man is better, the doctor would suggest a visit from you. So you have talked with the family, leave them out of the first discussion. Under, under pressure, he will feel he can deal with you without being nagged by his family. Call on him while he is still jittery. He may be more receptive when when depressed, see your man alone, if possible. At first, engage in general cooperation. After a while, turn in the talk to some phase of drinking. Tell him enough about your drinking habits, symptoms, and experiences to encounter or to encourage him to speak of himself. If he wishes to talk, let him. Let him do so. You'll thus get a better idea of how you ought to proceed. If he is not if he is not communicative, give him a sketch of your drinking career up to the time you quit. But say nothing for a moment of how that was accomplished. If he is a serious, if he is in a serious mood. If he's a serious mood dwell on the troubles liquor has caused you, being careful not to moralize or lecture. If his mood is light, tell him your stories of your escapades. Get him to tell some of his. When he sees you know all about the drinking game, commence to describe yourself as an alcoholic. Tell how baffled you were, how you finally learned that you were sick. Give him an account of the struggles you made to stop. Show him the mental twist which leads to to first drink of the spree. We suggested that you do this as we have done it in the chapter on alcoholism. If he is alcoholic, he will understand you at once. He will reach your mental inconsistency with some of his own. If you are satisfied that he is a real alcoholic, begin to dwell on the hopeless feature of the malignity. Show him from your own experience how the queer mental condition surrounding that first drink prevents normal functioning of the willpower.
just satisfies real alcoholics begin to dwell on the hopeless creature of the malady. I know I just read this, but let's go back on it. Show him from your own experience how the queer mental condition surrounding that first drink prevents normal functioning of the willpower. Don't at this stage refer to this book unless he well, see, I've seen it. Wishes to discuss it. And be careful not to not to brand him as an alcoholic. Let him draw his own conclusion. If he sticks to the idea that he can still control his drinking, tell him that possibly he can. If he is not too alcoholic. But insist that if he is severely afflicted, there may be little chance he can recover to himself. Continue to speak of alcoholism as an illness. A fatal malady. Talk about the condition of both and mind. Well, body and mind, I'm sorry. Body and mind. Which accompany which accompanying it. Keep his attention focused mainly on your personal experience. Explain that many are, are doomed, who never realize your, your predicament. Doctors are the rightly loath to tell alcoholic patients the whole story unless it will serve some, some good purpose. You will soon have your friend admitting he has many, if not all, of the traits of the alcoholic. If he is his own doctor to willing, is willing to tell him that he is alcoholic, so much, so much the better. All right, I'm gonna let everybody lay there. Um, it's at the bottom of page uh, 92. And we'll continue on with page, uh, we'll continue on further. And I'm trying to do it like on Tuesday. So if nobody else told you they love you today, I Hey, it's Todd. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to the show today. And if nobody else has told you that they love you today, I do. Thanks.